Hello and welcome, I'm Alexander. And I'm Simon. We are still knee-deep in tech, and this is the final episode from Microsoft Ignite. Yep. It is time to do the big wrap-up. And what a wrap-up it is. What a wrap-up it is. As you said, it's a good thing that there are no more releases today. Yeah. Uh, we are tired as it is. We're beat. It's been a great week. It's it, yeah. Yeah, it's been a great week. Lots of new announcements. We have met so many great people, both new and old friends. Definitely. We have learned a lot. Definitely. And we have had way too much bacon. No. I do not agree with that last statement. We have not had too much bacon. I even had bacon, uh, chocolate-covered yeah, bacon you'd, yesterday. You'd, yeah. That was awesome, by the way. So, what do you take away with you from Ignite? Oh, what do I take away? I take away a renewed focus on training. Um, training is now, as we've said before, one of the five top priorities. And this is down from Satya Nadella himself. So training and, and the uh, subsequent certification is going to be absolute key going forward. Yeah, and I yep. yeah, and we have had a we have a plenty of guests that have said the same thing. Yeah, and you hear so much more about training, enablement, even exam certif uh, certifications mm. in general sessions. Yes, so it's really at the core now for Microsoft, and and it makes sense. Like training is one of the hardest things about staying current in this world where we get announcements every week uh, and sometimes we get 2,000 announcements in one week. Mm -hmm. You need some kind of enablement to stay ahead. And that could actually be something that will make the certificates even more valuable since you need to renew them. Well, I, I'd have to agree. And we, we can also tack on something that we had not talked about because... The new exams going forward are going to feature some actual, not simulations. You, you, you're going to need to show that you can perform a specific set of tasks. And you're going to do this in a complete Microsoft Azure um, uh, portal. Yeah. So it's no longer just multiple choice questions, which were incidentally invented in 1914. Yeah, I think it was 14. Yep. So it's time to kind of move beyond them. And Cisco has had this kind of testing engines for years and years. But it's finally come to Microsoft and Azure. So that's going to kind of change things. And I also think that the modular modularization, that's oh, a very different word, difficult it's, word. It's almost as good as crashiness. As what now? Crashiness. It's a real word. Crashiness. Yep. You, me you, you measure crashiness in desktop analytics. I did not know that. Yep. But anyhow, Sorry. modularization oh. is... I improvement. Uh-huh. It's going to be a good thing for um, test takers and people looking for training. Yeah. It's going to be a challenge for us as trainers because the modules are going to up be updated very much quicker. And training centers who are going to struggle to find a way to actually earn money. But in the end, for the clients, for the, the test takers, for the people that need the training, it is, it's going to be perfect. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. So that's, that's one thing. 
And the second thing that I'm bringing home is the fact that parts of the data landscape are being rewritten and updated. Because we've seen SQL Server analysis services since, oh, I don't know, version 6.5, I think. Okay. Long, long, long time ago. We've had SQL Server reporting services since forever as well. We are slowly seeing SQL Server analysis services, especially the um, the SSAS service in, in Azure, being folded um, piece by piece into the Power BI features and the Power BI service. So Power BI is stepping forward in a much broader way in the enterprise environment in a way that it has not been perhaps earlier. So it's coming into its own, uh, its own, and the um, the enterprise features are going to be key for fighting against ClickView or Tableau. It's it's kind of diverging. the the uh, The landscape is diverging. Stuff yep. is going to be be able to do different things, and let's put it this way if you focus on power bi you're going to be set that's it <laughs> mic drop yes boom <laughs> yeah so myself i the takeaway i value the most and that's something that both attendees and microsoft staff have said several times during the week is that Microsoft actually are listening to their customers and that they are showing it in a completely new way. I guess this is not under NDA, so I'll just go ahead. I attended a Microsoft meeting in Redmond in March mm -hmm. and we discussed the possibility of getting application deployment, so Win32 application deployment in Intune. And at that point, it was quite obvious to me that that would never happen. No, I, I've, I've heard you several times say that not, that's not going to happen because yeah. it is not on Microsoft Radar. Yeah. And now it's here. Like we discussed with Per yesterday, mm -hmm. uh, Per Larsen, which you can find in another episode in our podcast feed. Yes. We now have that ability since that what that was what the, the Microsoft customers wanted. The same thing with the longer cadence for Windows 10. I may not approve of one or the other or either, but it's a, an obvious sign that Microsoft are willing to change, are willing to take it a bit slower than they would have liked to perhaps. And that looking at the focus groups I've been to this week, I've been to uh, an Azure one, a Visio one, which was absolutely amazing, mm -hmm. uh, and one for uh, Teams. Right. And to see and hear how passionate program managers, developers, designers are, that's something really valuable that I take home with me. But you... It, this kind of jars a memory, because what Will Thompson said was that Power BI Desktop has been coming out once every month, and this cadence might be slowing down a bit. Yeah. That might be connected. Interesting. Very much interesting. Yeah. So news-wise, mm -hmm. we have discussed several of the new releases during these episodes, but 
<laughs> there's so much more to sell. Uh -huh. So are there anything else you would like to bring attention to? Um, SQL Server is becoming the data hub. I think I've mentioned it in passing, but the hyperscale feature is pretty much connecting SQL Server to Spark and giving a lot of connectors to SQL Server. So you can actually query MongoDB, you can query Teradata, Oracle from inside SQL Server. That means that your silos are pretty much gone. You have your SQL Server as your hub thing, and then you connect different spokes and data sources to this hub if you're running on-prem. That is a very, very or in, in the cloud, that's very, very exciting. We also have the Data Explorer. I don't think I've mentioned that. We have spoken about it previously, though, uh -huh. in, in previous episodes. Yeah, I, I think we have. Yeah, but please. It's it's um it's a very fast light as as they say lightning fast indexing and querying service. It's it's designed for ad hoc data exploration, which is pretty much mucking about with your data, yep. trying to find insights. And it's it's kind of um <coughs> excuse me when you have um uh, a loose thread in your clothes. You find a loose thread and you start pulling it. <laughs> you never know what you're going to find, but you're definitely going to find something. And that's Data Explorer. Yeah, that's cool. Mm -hmm. So before I ran in, <laughs> runs into all the features and amazing things we are able to do with OneDrive, with Intune, with Config Manager, with Teams, mm -hmm. I would also like to go back to something Pear said when we met him yesterday. Mm -hmm. If there are two words I hear all the time from attendees, from Microsoft, from speakers during this week, it's MFA, so multi-factor authentication, yes. like Pear said. But also, and that's that's probably mostly from attendees, but also it's, it's included in close to every session, Power BI. Yeah. Power BI is going from being a, a niche tool mm -hmm. that only strange people were using to now being like any other office application. So in, as I see it, in a, in a while, we'll have Outlook, Word, Excel, Power BI, PowerPoint, OneNote, and it will be a natural part of the office suite. Yes and, and yeah. <laughs> yes and yes. <laughs> yes and I yes. mean, it, it straddles the whole stack of basically everything Microsoft delivers. Cause yeah. You can ha use this to, to visualize and analyze data from your on-prem environment. You can do it from your Azure environment. And as the, the APIs are exposed more and more in Azure. So, for instance, if you want to see how quickly do I respond to an email, well, you're probably going to be able to do that using Power BI given time as the APIs evolve. You already have that information in my analytics. In my analytics, so you correct. Could probably drag that data out using the graph. Indeed. Yep. Indeed. You could. Hadn't thought of that. Good one. We, we, can, we can use that. We can use that. I'm going to do that. Uh, yeah, I'm and, going and, home. And, and you have been at the hands-on labs mm -hmm. for the entire week. Yep. And like you said yesterday, the Power BI labs have been full. Yes. Unfortunately, this year, they decided to have 
specific labs for specific tables. So you have the, the apps table, you have the data in AI table, and you have the Power BI table, and lots and lots of tables. The Power BI table has been chock full from pretty much day one. And you can start the same labs on different machines. You just need to jump through a few hoops. But there, there have been kind of a waiting list. People are, have been standing behind and just chomping at the bits to get to Power BI, the Power BI table. Yeah. There are so many things that you can do with and in Power BI. I mean, this is starting to sound a bit like your whole Intune Windows EMS yep. rant. Because we, we, we can talk about this for days and days and days. Power BI is becoming like SQL Server or, or Intune or Windows. It's, it's so many parts, so yep. many moving parts. So I thought about doing a wrap-up. A rant-up? <laughs> a rant-up. We're, we're going to have to do a rant-up sometime. Yeah, we need to do a rant-up. Okay, let's start uh, with a wrap-up. Yeah, and I'll start with OneDrive. That's the session I remember most clearly from last year, since they released 107 features in 60 minutes. Which is pretty good. Yeah. They haven't been lazy since. Oh, really? To put it like that. Uh, so there's a huge blog post with all the OneDrive news. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to select a few. Uh, one of the ones that many people will be really happy with and really focused on the end user is right. that we now have files on demand, access to files in OneDrive from Mac. So the That's exciting. Yeah, so we have that, have that feature um, in Windows for a while. Yeah, the, the stubs. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And now it's available for Mac devices as well. Yeah. And with the same feature set. That's also something that they've said several times when it comes to Office applications and other applications, that they are trying to get parity between the Mac version and the Windows version of their apps. Which you you remember the word consistency? Yeah. That's being bannered about? Yes. Consistency, yeah. consistency, consistency. Yeah. Um, they are also actually getting better support for AutoCAD file formats in OneDrive and SharePoint. Really? Yep. So DWG, for instance? Um, DXF? Doesn't say. Okay. But they have been working with Autodesk to add more support for AutoCAD file formats in OneDrive and SharePoint. Mm -hmm. And that's really the, the last piece they need to solve to be able to remove file servers for many organizations. Not only AutoCAD, but that kind of more complex files, larger files. If they can solve that in SharePoint, then you're good to go. What do you mean by, by solve? What, what kind of issue are you solving using this? Uh, the, organizations want to get rid of their on-premises infrastructure. Uh, yeah. One of the things that really hard to get rid of is file storage for large files. Due to the fact that the files are very large? Yeah. Okay. But if you can combine files on demand with the oh. extended support for large file formats, the last piece, and I haven't read it thoroughly enough, they need block-based synchronization so that you don't need to update right. the entire file. Right. But if you can get there with uh, block-based synchronization of files mm -hmm. in with the files on demand mm -hmm. and OneDrive or SharePoint, that you know, could be the least 
the, the last piece of the puzzle. You are aware that you just made SharePoint sound a bit exciting. I have to. We're going to have to talk about this, yeah, Simon. I, I need to uh, wash your hands. Tell you something. Uh oh. SharePoint actually is rather cool. It depends on how you use it. And on that bombshell. <laughs> well, no, I I have to agree. I mean, I it's one of my favorite things to hate. But the fact remains, it is. Uh, it's it's kind of like Excel. Yeah. You can do so much with it. And yes, it produces some exceptionally crappy code, but given time, that might change as well. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So other things, they are, of course, AI infusionating. Infusionating. <laughs> That's a horrible word. I know. Uh, they are infusing AI into OneDrive. Yep. So it won't just actually tell you that, yeah, you just share this PowerPoint presentation in your meeting. Perhaps you should share it with the meeting. And OneDrive knows who was in that meeting and will help you share it in that way. And now you really should be... Um, Afraid? Yeah, put your hand below your jaw. Uh-oh. Uh, intelligent search across audio, video, and photos, including video and audio transcription. Wow. So OneDrive will now using AI be able to search for words, images, everything from one single location. So if you say, like they have here, if you say sushi in yep. a video or a podcast, you will be able to search for sushi mm. in OneDrive and find your meetings, your recordings, your podcasts, your call recordings, your photos. This is going to do wonders for my complete inability to organize yeah. things. And using Microsoft Stream, you will also get transcription from video and audio. Nice. Yeah. You know, the the whole AI, what was the word you used? <laughs> you sh yeah, yeah, that word. That word. I, I saw a, a very cool uh, Microsoft Mechanics um, session the other day. Justina from, from Microsoft, I will not try to pronounce her last name. I think she's Polish, and that's fiendish, difficult. They put up a Power BI um, report. Then they used Power BI data flows to get um, unstructured data, as in sentiment analysis, tweets. And, and um, no, it was not tweets. It was uh, comments. Like, for instance, if you have comments in TripAdvisor. So they had the comment section... And they had a lot of pictures. Oh. So what they did was they put the the comment section through um, an AI or the machine learning algorithm to do sentiment analysis. Then they took the pictures and put them through a machine uh, machine learning algorithm to identify what it was. Okay. Then you can take all this information and put it in the report. You can actually slice and dice your data on... AC. Ah. And what you're going to find is, what are the, the top 10 uh, gripes from customers? Well, AC is right up there. So you click AC, and all the other pictures, images are, are filtered out. So you only see the AC, and you're probably going to see broken ACs or, or leaking ACs. 
So that was a very hands-on way of using sentiment analysis. That is not just a cool demo. Yeah. So that's, that's useful. Yes, and this is Power BI. It is Power BI Dataflows and the whole shebang. The whole shebang. The, the whole machine learning engine in Azure, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So now be prepared for the segue of a lifetime. Uh, the last feature I want to point out in OneDrive, and there are several others, you can now share two teams. Share two teams? Yes. What does that so mean? So instead, I want to share a file from my personal OneDrive with one of my teams. So you don't share two teams. Two teams. Not two no. teams. <laughs> not, not two teams. Two teams. Oh, hello. So instead of putting in a bunch of names, you can now search for your oh. your project team, your baking team, whatever, and There's share it with all. Team? And share it with Is there a bacon team? We should. Yes. We are the first two players in the bacon team. Uh huh. Uh, so you can find your team and share it to that team, enabling everyone in that team to show your files in your personal OneDrive. That is an amazing feature. Yeah. And speaking of Teams. Was team that the segue? Exactly. Okay. Teams, <laughs> so you, you can relax now. Mm. Teams is the fasting grow, fastest growing business apps in Microsoft's history. I am not surprised. No. So currently, uh, 329,000 organizations are using Teams. Uh, 44 languages supported and 55 customers of those 329,000 have 10,000 or more active users. Wow. So that's that's really cool. It is. Um, the one feature they've pointed out several times, and, and you have been able to do this in sort of kind of a way with different third-party tools, with cameras like the Logitech Brio mm, and so mm. on. You're now um, able to blur the background in a Teams meeting. Yep, which that is can be useful. really useful, uh, especially if you have like penguins working in the background. There are penguins, yeah, unicorns, penguins. You know the usual. Yeah, behaving children. All those three are as likely. They, they, yeah, they're pretty rare. Yep. Um, you now also have meeting recordings, so you can go back, pull up a transcript, power by stream again, and search for it. Cool. So that's what they've been showing on stage now for Build, for Ignite, and so on for a while. Uh, and they also are introducing cloud video interop. So you will be able to use your third-party hardware and software from Polycom, BlueJeans, PECSIP, and use them together with Teams. Like a picture-in-picture picture thingy? No, you can call... Between oh and right, teams. right. What? Yeah. Wow. So that's that's cool. That's actually one of the biggest struggles. Yeah. Which we have with Skype as well. We do, but Skype's gonna go away. It sure is. Mm. So if you you have three more days, if you want to create a tenant where Skype will be the default choice. Yep. Um, you are still able to switch it over to Skype if you like to afterwards, but the default configuration. Four tenants created after 1st of October will be Teams. Mm. 
Um, they're also introducing a number of first-line worker features, so the ability to work with shifts and scheduling for first-line workers mm. in teams. So they are moving, and I now had a blackout for, I can't remember the name of the old feature which they had for this. They've had a feature previously that, yeah, yeah the Staff Hub. Staff Hub. So Staff Hub will be retired October 1st, 2019. Okay. Uh, and all the features of Staff Hub will be integrated into Teams. Right. Which makes a lot of sense. It does, it does. Um, and of course, the Surface Hub. Have you seen any Surface Hub 2s here? Yeah, on stage during the keynote. Oh, right. Um, but we won't see any of those until second quarter of calendar year 2019. And I haven't had time to look into what that product will include since I've heard that they may include the old hardware in a new... Okay, so it's kind of a 1.5 yeah. instead of a 2. So it's actually named 2S. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll get back to that, definitely. If um, anything was worthy of the moniker XS, <laughs> that would be that thing. Yeah. Uh, and a bunch of other great features. They're also really emphasizing that you should develop for Teams. So create bots, create apps, right. create tabs, right. integrate into Teams. Uh, and I attended a focus group on that uh, a couple of days ago. Mm -hmm. And the things you can do with it is absolutely amazing. And this, again, this is just the beginning. Yeah, and I also presented on that exact topic at the um, IT Dev, the Insider Tour. Right. Dev Insider Tour in mm -hmm. Stockholm. And if I can present on that and create a bot, everyone can. Uh, yeah. And should I, should I continue? I, th I don't think that would be wise. Because okay. we're going to be here for days <laughs> and while that might be kind of nice but no but the thing is they have announced the dates yeah, two two things first two of things. all before the right. dates they've also announced yeah so we'll get back to all we'll probably have enough stuff for a number of episodes to come mm. we haven't even talked about intune or iot config manager ai the digital twins. The Azure Sphere. Azure Sphere, yeah. So we have plenty of things to do. We do. But if you want... So first of all, all the sessions have been recorded. Every single session. Yep. They will be available publicly for anyone and everyone across the globe. Yep. Uh, they have started to go out already. Most of them will probably be out during the beginning of next week. Yep. So October 1st and following dates. But if you want sort of a taste of the Ignite experience, mm -hmm. Microsoft will go on tour with Ignite. So Ignite will visit 17 cities across the globe during the coming months and will deliver plus 100 session with plus 350 experts. Yes. Uh, starting on... Starting on, let's see, quite soon. Really? starting in December. Starting in December. In Berlin. Cool. Uh, and it will, so for Europe, it will be in Stockholm, April 24th uh, and 25th. 
will be they will be in, in London, Amsterdam, Milan, Johannesburg, Tel Aviv. They are really not in uh, Europe, uh, so <laughs> EMEA, uh, Dubai, Sao Paulo. That's not Europe no, at all. Uh, no, no, <laughs> that's sorry. That's a bit. They they really need to work on the fonts. Mm -hmm. uh, so London, Amsterdam, Dubai, Stockholm, Milan, Johannesburg, Tel Aviv, and Berlin. Cool. And, and then, and then next year's Ignite. Yes, we're gonna come back to Orlando, Florida, but it's gonna be November four to eight, and that's gonna be a lot cooler. Yeah, definitely. Yes, so that's gonna be interesting, especially as the past summit is is usually around that time. Yep. So we're, we'll see where where everything falls. Maybe it's gonna be a very long stay in the U.S. for me. Yep. But yes, November 4 to 8 in Orlando, most likely, or no, it's, it's going to be here at the OCCC. Yeah, 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 because you can't fit 40,000 people anywhere else. No. Nope. Your hotel room. <laughs> it was yeah, not that let, big. Let's try. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's pretty much it for a wrap-up. Yeah, we'll be doing a couple of more interviews later today. Yes. Mike, Michael Bender. Yeah. And uh, Katarina Wilhelmsen. Yep. And we also have a bunch of... Uh, video editing to do and upload mm -hmm. uh, there will be editing <laughs> there will be editing correct yeah uh, we have learned a lot about video video producing content yep. we've had yes <coughs> excuse me we must make a huge shout out to the amazing sound techs at ignite yeah they have been nothing but perfect very, very kind, very knowledgeable, very helpful. They always smile. Yeah. And they do. come on, they, they 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 used five days for setting this up. They used five days for supporting everybody on on station. They are still smiling. Yeah. And they'll then tear everything down. Still smiling. Yes, yeah, still smiling. Mm -hmm. so, so yeah. So so on that, it's been a great experience this year. It has. We have learned a lot. We have met a lot of people. And I'm looking forward to next year. So am I. So am I. Despite the fact that I'm so tired that I can pretty much go go sleep right yeah. now. But, well, as Tommy Lee Jones said, stay on the trail, sleep next month. And we were, we we're going to do that. I'm going to sleep on the plane home, but otherwise it's kind of back to the grind. Yeah. So on that very tiny bombshell, <laughs> very tiny I think bombshell. it's time to end the, the uh, wrap up. And thank you very much for listening. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.